This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering My Trustmark online and mobile banking services to help monitor spending, pay bills, deposit checks, transfer money, and more. Anytime, anywhere. More information at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC. MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. He's a chartered financial analyst and also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Everyone wishes they handled money better. The Mississippi Council of Economic Education hopes to increase economic and financial literacy in Mississippi. We'll learn from our guest, Selena Schwartzweger, president of MCEE, how they propose to do this. And as always, we're looking for your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Ryder. Good to have you back in the studio with us. Uh, what about financial news in the news? Good morning, Kevin. Uh, good to be back. Uh, so interesting story. I was kind of uh, a follow-up from, you know, maybe almost exactly a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, when uh, the price of oil very excitingly went to uh, negative numbers. Uh, well, recently, uh, one thing I was, I was reading earlier is there's a lot of, uh, a lot of traders betting on oil returning to a hundred dollars a barrel it's that's which used to be like a really big number for oil but i feel it's like it's hit a hundred dollars a couple times in the past decade or so so it's not as exciting anymore but oil is only around 70 dollars right now um but they're betting on uh, more people driving more people flying i was looking at the tsa data there's um we're not we're about two-thirds the way back to where kind of normal air traffic was but more flights more people flying more people driving burning their own oil, um, that's all adding up to demand for oil. So that's kind of interesting to see if it's actually going to get that high. Uh, I took a flight, went to visit some friends in uh, California, so I flew out there uh, last week. Um, and I was curious that uh, the snacks, um, the one flight we got, um, it was a little bag. It had pretzels and biscotti and a thing of water in, in a little... Uh, you got all the snacks. Well, and I couldn't oh, believe so that. Good. It's like I never got treated like this before this. But well, you don't man. get a choice anymore. <laughs> it's like this is what you get, and you're going to like it. <laughs> what is this, first class? Well, but then after that, it gets even better, because then after that, she came down the aisle with the card, and I got a, a, a Coke Zero. So I was like, this is like I've never had this much, you know. What a big day. But I made sure to... Uh, Mask, you know, remove mask, take bite, remove mask. Yeah, I have not been on a plane uh, yet, so I don't, I haven't had that experience. And also, I'll say this, and uh, throughout the pandemic, the occupations where people were required to wear masks for large amounts of time, fortunately, I was not one. Uh, but uh, I, I have a, a, a lot of respect for that because, you know, it was 12 hours in airports and airplanes and everything, and to have that mask on for that long. Uh, it really did become a little bit bothersome. So I, I do admire the people who worked in the uh, jobs through this whole thing where they were required to wear their masks through the entire shift of their work. I, uh, it's, it's not as easy. I mean, it's, it's not a big deal, but I think the length of time is what really got me. Anyway, uh, hopefully in the near future we can uh, have our masks on as uh, just maybe Halloween. Who knows? <clears throat> 
<laughs> so we are going to be visiting this hour with uh, Selena Schwartzfeger, president of the Mississippi Council on Economic Education. Selena, thanks for being with us this morning. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. So you've got an event coming up that you can tell us about. It's called the Family Financial Fund Day on the Gulf Coast. Tell us about that. Yes. So it will be this Saturday from 9 till 10, and we'll be at the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center is the location. But the goal of this event, you know, we've done these events as virtual events over the past year. Prior to that, we did them in person at night. So this is really a, a different spin. But the goal is to engage young people anywhere from kindergarten through fifth grade and their families in a fun way to learn about money. And I just want to say I'm very glad we have uh, Selena on because people all like our number, maybe number two question is always like, oh, why don't they teach this in schools? And, uh, you know, how do I teach my kids about this or where can I learn more about just personal finance? Here's the answer. She's right here. And she's right here. I love that you brought that up because um, everybody needs to know that starting with this next school year, this is a little off topic of why I'm here today, but starting this next school year, every child will receive a class called College and Career Readiness in high school, it will be required for graduation. And it is extremely heavy with personal finance. That's fantastic. Yeah, so Mississippi yeah. is the seventh state in the nation to require standalone personal mm-hmm. finance instruction, and we're super proud of that. That's great. Well, there's your answer, folks. So, I mean, keep calling in, but there's your <laughs> <Yes>. answer. <laughs> So at this event Saturday on the coast, how do you? What are some of the things you go about to do to, to teach kids and their families about uh, financial literacy? Right. So each, you know, we had to change the way we do things a little bit because of COVID. So now each child that attends receives their own box of materials, and in that box are what they need to do five different activities. Those activities are earning power, meaning of money, needs and wants, planning for a pet, which is a budgeting exercise savings and me so um they'll come in and i will be there for this event facilitating the learning so each child receives their box there it's interactive we'll go through each of the five activities they'll learn about saving and budgeting and you know the parents love the pet the pet uh, activity because what child doesn't want a pet? Like every every kid wants a dog or a cat or you know. And they need to know the financial responsibility. Yeah, it's it's not cheap, you know. And we, my husband and I, adopted a pair of dogs during the pandemic, um, and just the heartworm medicine alone <laughs> for those creatures, you know, it's quite amazing how expensive they are. So what is the uh, the events or the, the activities? What age groups do, do they cover? Right. So these activities were created for kindergarten through fifth grade students. And the, the primary funder of this event is actually the Mississippi Council on Developmental Disabilities. And so we started with the sole purpose of offering this program for children that had either an intellectual or developmental disability. And these kids could have been any age, like the parents could decide whether they thought that this would be appropriate for their children. But because it is such an investment in time and resources for us to go to the coast, we have also opened it to to any child, K through five, thanks to funding from Wells Fargo. So um, that's the age 
and and I'll say some of the activities will be a little bit more challenging for the younger children but that's why the parents or the caregiver is there so that they're helping that child work through the activities um, what about a deadline to sign up? So I'm going to take registrations all the way up through Friday. You may, you know, if you get online, if you've received one of the flyers, you may see that there was a deadline of today to sign up. Um, but I'm going to leave that open. So just ignore that deadline. But I do need people to register in advance because I've got to cart the materials down to the coast and I need to know how much to take. <laughs> But that's interesting that uh, I think that's good, too, that the same activity, and I'm sure it's kind of at different levels, but can sort of teach something to a kindergarten as well as a kid in fifth grade. Right. And, you know, that's a really important point, too, about what we do at the Mississippi Council is all of our materials are age appropriate. So you don't teach the little people the same way that you would teach a middle school or a high school student. Their level of understanding is different. So we kind of pride ourselves in the fact that we make sure that the curriculum is appropriate for the age. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We've got a guest this morning, Selena Schwartzweger, president of the Mississippi Council on Economic Education. Looks like we've got a caller on the line. Let's say good morning to uh, Evelyn in Jackson. Good morning, Evelyn. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. You know, every child is different. So our first child didn't ever, when we were in stores, didn't ask us to buy him things. Our second child did. And uh, so what we did was we got out three containers, peanut butter jars, uh was what we used most of the time. And uh, one jar was for spending, one jar was for charity, and one jar was for saving. And because this child was very young uh, and didn't know coins and stuff yet, we gave him four quarters a week. And one quarter had to go into each jar. Your, uh, spending, savings, and uh, saving. Uh, Charity. I love and that, Evelyn. That's so fabulous. So then there comes the fourth quarter. What do you do with the fourth quarter? Well, at your age, you need to save more than you spend. <laughs> so the fourth quarter goes I, I hope into, his bills were low enough that he could he could put that in savings every now and then. Right. He, he had to put that in savings every week. So every week, 50 cents savings, 25 cents in charity, and 25 cents in spending. So within a month, I'd say actually within two weeks, we were at uh, Target, and he saw a car, a toy car, and it was $5. And he asked me, he said, Mama, how many quarters is that car? And I said, that's 20 quarters. And he's like, that's real expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn, one of the activities that we do as part of this Family Financial Fund Day is identifying coins. Okay, so you talked about the age of this child. They didn't really know the coins yet. So that's one of the activities. Um, but also, we'll talk about what can you do with money? That'll be one of the questions that I ask the kids. What can you do with money? And it's interesting to see if they can tell me well, I can spend it, I can save it, or I can give it to charity. You know, those are the three things. So good for you. Well, the other thing is invest. And this, this child turned out to be my businessman. He yes. will be turning <laughs> 21 shortly. He is very business-oriented. And he ended up, uh, as he got older, he would put some of his spending money in his uh, wallet 
and he called that his short-term spending. And then he had long-term spending, which is what stayed in his spending jar, because he wanted to buy something that we felt was appropriate, but that we weren't going to pay for. Right. And, right. Uh, and it might cost $200. And so that became his... his uh, long-term spending so you know and then my father got into this and he was like okay you're teaching that 25 percent goes to charity i said no as they get older then you start talking about 10 percent goes to charity okay that's a dime so yeah. how do you divide it up differently and my children came up with wonderful ways to spend that charity money um one time um uh, our children go to JPS and one uh, Jackson Public Schools, and one time uh, a teacher had a GoFundMe page because he needed new Latin books. Uh-huh. And, and uh, you know, so the youngest was six or seven, something like that. And he said, Mama, can I give my uh, charity to that? And I said, I think that's, that qualifies as charity. I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then... Well, good job, uh, Mom. That's really good, you know. Then, uh, yeah. So... You're, you have done an excellent job with your children, um, but what we're doing with this Family Financial Fund Day is maybe parents that don't have the skills that you have, we're going to teach them how to talk to their kids about money. So I, I'm proud of you and the job you did with your kids. Thanks, Evelyn, for the call. Great story, and that just goes to show, you know, if you start out early enough, you really can get this ingrained in, into the kids' brains, and, and it does uh, pay off even as they are just young adults. So thanks, Evelyn. Good good story to hear from you. Uh, it's time for our first break. Uh, we're looking for your questions, uh, financial questions this morning. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We're learning about the Mississippi Council on Economic Education. Where can you get more information on the MCEE? We'll tell you that next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. The first question that we get when someone comes in is, how is the Ulysses S. Grant Presidential Library in Mississippi? Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We have every letter Grant ever wrote and every letter ever written to him. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. 
information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Listening to Money Talks, our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand to all the local MPB Think Radio shows. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're here today with our guest, Selena Schwartzfeger, President of the Mississippi Council on Economic Education. If you'd like to learn more about the MCEE, you can find information on their website. It's mscee.org. A couple of callers to get to on the phone lines. Let's start first by going to Pascagoula and saying good morning to Danny. Hello, Danny. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. You know I love y'all. Thank you for providing the, the, the new future for Mississippi. I want to thank that, that lady, I'm going to call her my mama too, for showing, and I hope everybody here this, uh, the child how to save, spend, and know how to give to charity. Mm-hmm. That's something that we need to teach in our schools. That's something we need to teach about investing and how to save money because it's not taught enough in the schools for most of the teenagers that I talk to. So that's important. My question was, I needed to find out, am I too late to get the $10,000 credit on my taxes? Because I haven't had a chance to do it because I've been working. <laughs> Are you talking about the uh, the $10,000 of uh, unemployment income that's right. not subject to taxes? Um, right. I was did a, you, a lift, I was a Lyft driver. Yeah. At did, the time of last year. Did you file your taxes? No, I didn't get a chance. I'm getting ready to do it right now. Uh, well, uh, well, this is <laughs> where it'll get done. I mean, if so, so, so this is if you had unemployment income last year that you know, generally speaking, unemployment income is taxable or mostly taxable. Um, and you know, obviously, last year, unprecedented year for the unemployment uh, world. Not only did people were more people receiving it, they were receiving a whole lot more thanks to the federal uh, the added amount. So one of the tax benefits that they added in to kind of so it wouldn't be such a burden for those folks, many who are still unemployed, is that they uh, waived taxes on your first 10000 So your first 10000 of unemployment income from last year, uh, I believe that's the correct figure, uh, is not uh, federally taxable. So when you are filing your tax, you will simply find out that you, you, you don't owe more um, because – you know, I, I don't know if there was any withholding or appropriate withholding there. But I did do, I did do withholding ten percent. Okay, and I have some deductibles. Yeah, so I my guess is you might get some back uh, in that case. Ten um, percent, you know, that represents the lowest uh, bracket there. You know, you've got some deductions. You said you've got, um, or possibly just the standard deduction. Uh, you may end up with a a a federal bracket that is actually lower than that, and so that may not be subject to tax. But again, 10% withholding is small as well, so um, that will be something you find out when you do your taxes. 
Which he probably should do pretty quick, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you should definitely I get on that. One. I mean, Danny, I come think, on, man. I, I was sick for a minute. <laughs> uh, look, I well, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you're feeling better. They did extend the deadline, but that extended deadline has passed. It is not as generous as it was last year. Okay. I thank y'all. Y'all, number one, please keep up the work for Mississippi. All righty. Always good to hear from you, Danny. Thanks for the call. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. Next, we'll go to Daphne, Alabama, and John is on the line. Good morning, John. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Thank you, Kevin. Um, I uh, wouldn't mind paying a lot more taxes, but I need to be uh, making money. And uh, they talk about the uh, economy opening up after COVID, and people have all this uh, free cash to spend, and uh, the economy is going to be booming, I guess. But everybody's kind of vague on what areas would be good investments. Uh, can you uh, give a quick rundown of um, what we should look for, what um, maybe what kind of funds would be promising? And, um, oh, yeah, have I, have I already missed the boat? You know, is the smart money already invested and waiting on their returns? Uh, so that is a very good question. And, uh, of course, uh, without uh, any of this being specific investment advice for your situation, one thing – so I'll address the last question first because that's kind of an interesting one that I mean, I kind of feel like we, we hear all of the time. Um, so just to recap what's happened in the markets uh, last year, 2020, was absolutely wild. Everything that could have happened in the markets – happened in the markets last year. Uh, we went from, you know, January to February, you know, just 10% climb, nice, strong start to the year, not necessarily going to hold that the whole year is what what we were expecting. But then uh, coronavirus declined about 30% from that high. Uh, so that, and that was a very short, sharp drop. Uh, it took about a month. Uh, end of March was very, 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 very low. From there, really just bounced back pretty quickly. Um, there were some months where it kind of pulled back or took a breather, um, but really driven by all of this kind of, uh, people talk about these sorts of stocks in a number of ways, growth stocks, tech stocks, new economy stocks, things like that, things that you saw really explode last year. Uh, companies like Zoom facilitating, um, you know, video conferencing, Tesla, because people love Tesla, I guess. Um, and, and so those really rocketed last year. Those really, uh, that sort of company, uh, of course, lots of attention on um, biotech uh, and healthcare, which was just an absolute mess last year. Um, and so those really led the charge last year. Those large companies really led the charge towards the end of the year um, as we look forward to opening up smaller companies, which are more domestically focused, uh, started opening up. So think about a couple of things. So who's going to benefit? Well, where are people spending money? I'm talking geographically. Um, you know, it looks like the U.S. recovery is uh, going to be really quite strong. Um, I, I know Nancy. Nancy and I discussed at the beginning of the year, at the end of last year, you know, we were looking out at the whole world and, you know, the, a lot of other countries were managing the uh, just the health crisis very well. So it looked like, OK, maybe these countries are going to be opening up better, bigger, stronger, faster. Well, we managed the economic recovery very well. Um, so I think, you know, uh, on balance, uh, the U.S. is a little more attractive. Um, although, uh, you know, you can always 
folks are always looking at just the amount of spending in the U.S. Uh, you know, people have been talking about inflation. Um, so, you know, if you're if if inflation is a concern, there's a kind of a few ways to think about that. Um, you can think about okay, well, I want to diversify into other con- uh, other other currencies, which might not be as inflationary. Um, or I want to, you know, maybe maybe the consumer goods companies who are raising those prices, um, you know. But at the end of the day, this is all all kind of speculation. Uh, we're kind of in a, I really am tired of this word, but unprecedented uh, sort of situation. Um, and then as far as where are people spending money uh, as things open up, uh, you know, it's really interesting. We've been talking about it a lot with, um, again, kind of related to inflation is all of the supply chain bottlenecks. Um, and so you have the kind of you think about a restaurant, a restaurant which is done very poorly in 2020 and is, is set for people to come there and spend a ton of money. You think, okay, great. That restaurant, they're going to make a ton of money. That's a great investment. Well, they're also facing huge rises in prices for everything, everything that goes into your, your meal and your experience. All of the food is more expensive for them. All of the labor is more expensive for them. So, and, and, um, and, and with real estate, um, as it is and, and, and construction kind of, as it is, you know, even 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 that establishing the restaurant, the rents may be more expensive. So, so really, you know, while they have you know greatly increased revenues, which you think might drive profit, they're also spending a lot more. So that's interesting. Um, but uh, as for that, you know, consumer spending. What are consumers spending on? So local retail, local uh, local restaurants. Looking at who is supplying those. Uh, those are interesting investments. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wild world out there, and and we don't really, we don't really know what the future actually holds. Okay, thank you very much. Um, difficult analysis. Ah, uh, yeah, I agree for sure. All right, All right uh, thank you. Thanks, John. We're learning about the programs and experiences offered by the Mississippi Economic Education. Mississippi Council on Economic Education. Thank you. If you're on social media, uh, tell us how you can keep up with all that's going on with MCEE. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101 podcast everywhere. 
Hey there, it's David Green. You know, there comes a time when you've just got to let go of that old vehicle. Maybe it has lots of great memories, but it's also maybe just taking up space. And selling it can be such a hassle. So here's one thought. Let this station take that vehicle off your hands. Proceeds from the sale benefit this station, and you could get a tax break. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Talks is MPP Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Doug, uh, with uh, Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. He's a chartered financial analyst and also holds the certificate in investment performance measurement from the CFA Institute. If you scroll through social media, be sure to like, subscribe, and follow for notifications on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the accounts of the Mississippi Council of Economic Education to keep up with what's going on with that organization. We're visiting today with Selena Schwartzweger, the president. Uh, so, Selena, we talked a little bit about uh, one of the events you're having this weekend on the coast, uh, but you have programs throughout the year that benefit both students and teachers. If you would, tell us about the Economics Challenge. Okay, yes. The Economics Challenge is an annual event that we host. I don't want to leave out the Personal Finance Challenge either because they're very similar in the way they operate. But basically, teachers um, of middle and high school students have an opportunity to have their students test three times during the year. Uh, It's more of a qualification process to qualify for the state championship, but they can do that in October, December, and March of every year. Um, Information about that, the website you've been giving for us, you can look on the programs tab on that page if you want more information. But basically, the teachers need to have taught the content in the classroom, which we we will prepare teachers. We do it all day, every day, um, to teach that material in a um, good in a good way. You know, with good curriculum and sound uh, materials. Then the students will take these exams just to prove or test how much knowledge they have. Then in March, after the last round of tests, we look regionally. So we have Mississippi split up into six regions. It's just kind of, you know, taking the state and dividing it into six parts. So for each of those regions, we will invite the top two teams from each region to compete in the state competition. And so for the last two years, this year and last year, our challenges were done done virtually, and they worked really well, actually. We did it last year because we had to, uh, to be relevant, and then we did it this year just because people really weren't back out traveling yet. Next year, of course, our goal is to go back to a live competition, but um, it's a way for students to come to Jackson and compete against other students that have similar levels of knowledge. I will tell you, my board of directors and the sponsors of those events, because they volunteer and and help judge and facilitate at those events, they are always so extremely impressed with the amount of knowledge that the the teenagers have as it relates to economics and personal finance. Oh, and I don't want to miss this. A Mississippi team, you asked me about Econ Challenge, but I'm going to tell you about the Personal Finance Challenge. Um, We had a team in Mississippi that advanced to the national competition and made it to the Final Four. We were so extremely proud of them. That happened just this last week. So that team is from Germantown High School. 
All right. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We'll continue our, our visit with uh, Selena Schwartzfager, president of the Mississippi Council on Economic Education throughout the hour. But let's uh, head back to the phones for another call. Now, Orange Beach, Alabama, David has called in. Good morning, David. You're on the air with us. Good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, go ahead. Um, so my question has to do with uh, first-time home buying. Um, my fiance and I are looking at um, looking into the market, uh, and we understand that it is kind of the the seller's market right now. But my my question kind of goes towards um, preparing ourselves to jump into that market, and, as well as um, you know what avenues we should look at for loans and the mortgage. Um, aspect of things, I'm, I'm kind of clueless on, on what I need to do. So I was looking for, for help from you guys. Uh, yeah, David, I do not envy someone who is looking for a home in this market, especially a first-time home buyer like yourself. So more power to you. I hope everything goes well for you. Um, so the, the first thing to do really is... Uh, Kind of at the same time, uh, talk with a realtor, talk with a mortgage person. And you kind of do this at the same time because uh, you want to find a realtor who is is you're comfortable working with and who you think will kind of, especially for a first-time home buyer, who will do kind of the hard work of like you require more hand-holding than other folks. You have different needs than, than other home buyers. So you want someone who you think is going to actually be able to do that work for you. Um, you know, if you've you've probably kind of been looking at things and kind of narrowing down your areas where you're interested in, find someone who is um, who who works in that area, who is predominant in that area. You can drive around if you notice, you know, one name or one uh, brokerage on these. You know, maybe maybe chat with them first, and do not hesitate to talk with more than one realtor uh, before you settle on someone who's going to be the person to find your house. Um, and also, you know, while you're doing Doing that, ask them who they recommend for for mortgages. Uh, if you work, if, if you have a close relationship with a you know a, a local brick and mortar bank, ask them about that. I, I do think the value of a local in person um, mortgage person. I know a lot of folks can do mortgages online. Um, you know, there's Rocket Mortgage. There's a million different uh, places to do mortgages online. But uh, I, from my experience um, on both sides, looking at those companies to, to kind of use them for myself and also uh, evaluating offers from people who who had used them they're not quite there um someone you know a local again someone who is expert in working with first-time home buyers they're going to know all of the first-time home buyer programs they're going to be able to uh work with you to get the right mortgage for you they're going to be able to tell you Importantly, what a mortgage broker is going to be able to tell you is uh, looking at your income and your assets, what you can put down, they're going to tell you how much house you can afford. And that's going to give you some parameters uh, when you talk to that realtor and, um, and, and, and you know, get, get deep into the uh, looking for a house. And, you know, I, I'll just add to that. I think people in general underestimate the value of a personal relationship with the banker. You know, I think that... Uh, most people don't have a banker that they can call on for certain needs, maybe because people are afraid, you know, the, yeah. of, of that relationship. But I would uh, kind of second what Ryder said. Find a local banker, mortgage lender that you can create a relationship with. And then as you need 
financial services as time goes by, you can just reach out to that individual and they really do have your best um, you know, they want to do right by you and, and help you. That's their job. So let them do their job. All right, David, and one final bit, uh, <clears throat> that if you go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org and search for the July 14th, 2020 uh, podcast of Money Talks, it talks about first-time home buying. So thanks, David, for that call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, visiting today with Shalina Schwarzweger, president of the Mississippi Council on Economic Education. So, Selena, like other professionals, teachers uh, with students of all ages may need to learn uh, earn continuing education units. Uh, what do you have for them? I have lots for them. So anything that a teacher does with us, we award continuing education units. And you're right, Kevin, that they have to have those to keep their teaching license is current. And so um, one thing that we really pride ourselves on is anything that we offer a teacher is done so at no cost to them, thanks to generous funders of our organization. We are not a state agency, as some people might think from our name. We're a nonprofit. And so um, fortunately, there are a lot of organizations that believe in the value of what we're doing and offering. And so they they support these programs. So teachers will come in. We've got, we just launched our Master Teacher of Economics and Master Teacher of Entrepreneurship programs yesterday for the summer. We'll launch the Master Teacher of Personal Finance this coming Monday, and then a Master Teacher in College and Career Readiness in July. So those are really intensive programs that are 40 plus hours. Um, teachers come out the other side with 4.5, 7.5 CEUs. Then we have one-day workshops and webinars. If you do five or more webinars, then we can award CEUs. Um, and every teacher, you know, you may not, as an educator, may not need to know the economics and, and entrepreneurship at a deep level, but everybody needs to know personal finance. So whether you're teaching it in the classroom or not, I see the value of our personal finance offerings to be valuable for any teacher out there. So uh, we talked about uh, that, you know, some of the, just a couple of the of the things that you do and that you work with kids as young as kindergarten. And then you've also talked about the some of the programs with, with high school uh, kids and even then, as you just mentioned, with teachers. Why do you think, though, it's important to start so early? Why do we mm -hmm. need to teach kindergartners uh, financial literacy. Right. That's a really good question. And we've got this saying that you're never too young to learn about personal finance. And you asked me why that's important. Well, one reason it's important, and research has proven this to be true, that children as young as five are watching their parents. Okay. And so even if their parents are not talking to them about money, they're watching and research shows that they can start developing finance habits as early as five, um, which is quite amazing. When I read that research, I went, hmm, is that right? Let me read that again. Um, secondly, just because, so mom and dad, one of two things can happen. Well, maybe more than that. But maybe they have their own good habits, but they don't talk to their kids about it. So that's one reason we need to be um, reaching out to teachers to teach children at that age. Alternatively, the parents may have bad information. You know, they may have bad personal finance habits themselves. So they, even if they are talking with their kids about it, it's not good information. So one thing that I take very seriously um, is working with teachers to make sure that they're providing correct information for young people. 
That's interesting, that the, the modeling behavior from the parents. I think that that's uh, important. Any tips for parents out there on realizing that their kids are, are paying attention even to, to money matters and, and, and how to deal with that? You know, uh the fact that, and, and all kids, our first caller talked about how she had the son or the child that always asked her to buy things. You know, I think one one way to know that a child is maybe ready to learn and maybe doesn't understand yet is, can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? You know, and just not putting two and two together that it costs money to do that. Um, you know, I had, I had the kid that always wanted things from the store. And so I did much like the first caller where they had to save their money. They love to go to the dollar store. That was their favorite place to shop because your money goes a long way there. there right? <laughs> now, unfortunately, before we got home, sometimes, uh, the item was already broken, you know? So that's another so, lesson. There you go. Yeah. Lots, and, lots of lessons when yes, you deal with money. Yes. Yeah, and I like from our that uh, is, if we weren't listening in, uh, at that time, uh, a lady called in was talking about her family, and the, I think it was the three buckets. So she they got four quarters. One went in savings. Was it spending and charity? And then the final yeah. quarter was I spending, think, <laughs> saving, and charity. Yeah. That's what her three buckets that, were. That last quarter is your wild card. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, but then the the part I liked about the story was the kid wanted something at Target, and he said, "How many quarters was that?" And she said, "Like 50. And He's like, yeah. "Well, that's expensive. That's a lot. Because <laughs> that's I think a that's lot of money. A lot of money. Teach, teach kids the value of money, and so that you know, when they ask for the fifty dollar toy, they realize, right? You might not be getting that one. And you know, I thought you were going to ask me what. What, what should a parent do when their child is starting to show interest? Um, what they should do is come to Family Financial Fun Day down oh. on the Gulf Coast this weekend at the Lynn Meadows uh, Discovery Center because we will teach those parents how to interact with their children and help them explore money and the saving and, and spending. So remind folks if they wanted to, to do that, how way they would uh, register. So on our website, um, mscee.org, on the homepage, there's a flyer. Just click that. It'll take you straight to the registration page. There is no cost to attend. We're going to feed everybody breakfast. Each child gets a box that has materials in it that they'll need to go through the five activities. Um, and we'll even talk to the parents about saving uh, for college. If there are children, I, I mentioned earlier, this event originated uh, due to funding from the Mississippi Council on Developmental Disabilities. So our target audience were children that have either an intellectual or developmental disability. But we've opened that up to any child, um, any child that's kindergarten through fifth grade, thanks to funding from Wells Fargo as well. So I. Um, It'll be a, a, just a nice group of young people. If you have a child that's older than, than fifth grade with a disability and you think they would benefit from it, we welcome them as well. And you extended registration through Friday. That's correct. Right. So when you get online and you see the deadline was perhaps today, don't worry about that. As long as you can link to that registration page, go ahead and sign up. Um, as I mentioned, I need to know how many to expect, right, for, for food and supplies. We're learning about the Mississippi Council on Economic Education. We've got more source for financial education that we'd like to mention, and we'll get to that when we return. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. for listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Tapp, Portfolio Manager at The Perspectives. Here's a reminder, every Tuesday at 10, listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio immediately following our show. Our financial experts have a blog where they post from time to time articles they think folks will find interesting and educational. It's on the New Perspectives webpage. Their website is newper.com, N-E-W-P-E-R.com. We're visiting today with Selena Schwartzfeger, president of the Mississippi Council on Economic Education. So, Selena, you know, I, I know that our, our teachers are very resourceful, but uh, there are ways I would imagine that even though you're not uh, an economics teacher, you can incorporate some of these financial literacy lessons into your classroom, even if it's not the subject matter. Absolutely, and we encourage that um, because econ, personal finance, entrepreneurship, What I like to say is if you didn't teach a kid math until they were a senior in high school, how well do you think that would go over? Not very well at all. Um, And it's really the same way with the three content areas that we focus on. So, for example, um, we've got a program that we've just launched for young children called Danny Dollar Academy. And it's a a book uh, that either can be read to children or they can read for themselves. It's written at like the third or fourth grade level and there are all of these great lesson plans that go along with it Um, we launched that this year in partnership with atmos energy Uh, they wanted to do something that addressed the reading literacy um that reading gate for third grade but they also know how important financial literacy is so they called me and they said hey selena what can we do that is a an English language arts program that teaches personal finance. And I said, have I got the program for you, you know? And so, and we do that also with math, you know, there, what better way to teach personal finance than inside of a math class? Um, and so we do have resources that are available. Uh, I don't know if you want me to get into some of those details, but if a teacher wanted to incorporate any of those items into their classroom, all they have to do is go to our website and mscee.org, and and they'll see there what the resources are. Uh, You've mentioned a couple of times that you've got organizations that you partner with that help you carry out the mission of the organization. If you would, just maybe mention a couple of your partners. Okay. So we partner with the Mississippi Department of Education. They endorse our work. They know that we do good work, and um, so they have always endorsed what we do. Um, Our master teacher programs carry an endorsement for teachers' licenses that MDE gives. some of our other big partners, NextGen Personal Finance, which is a fabulous organization out of California that offers curriculum for teachers and games for students, and they don't charge anything for it. Um, the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis and Atlanta are, are very important partners of ours. They teach our master teacher personal finance program. Then we also have centers for economic education around the state. 
Mississippi State, University of Southern Miss, Delta State, Jackson State. Um, we have a faculty member at Mississippi College, Millsaps College, Ole Miss. Uh, so at those centers, we have people that also share a desire to um, work towards this mission of literacy. Um, so we began, we talked about the event uh, this Saturday at the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center in Gulfport. If, if, if parents can't go, are there resources uh, maybe on the webpage that they could work with their kids on on financial literacy outside the classroom yes absolutely in fact um as i was waiting to come online uh, with y'all today i sent a message to my one of my staff members and asked her to put a link on the website so on the resources page under family financial fun night slash day there if it's not there yet, there will be soon a link that um, would show a parent how to use these resources that we're going to be using this weekend. Also, there are workbooks, and we'll be giving these workbooks out this weekend, but they're called um, Family Financial Fund Workbooks, and there's one for K2, one for 3-5, one for 6-8, and one for 9-12. And so I would recommend um, that you go to our website and download one of those workbooks if you can't be with us this weekend and um, those were written specifically for guardians of children to work with them on personal finance issues all right so again the uh, website is msceee.org you can go there uh, to register for the upcoming event that we've been talking about uh, this saturday in gulfport and also to uh, get uh, the other information and i guess just general if folks are interested about the work that you do they can find out more on that web uh, website that's right that's right. Uh, and here's a reminder, you know, we uh, give out our email address, money at mpbonline.org. Anytime that you are listening during the show and something comes up and you'd like uh, an email response, you can send it to us. But also through the week, if you have a financial uh, concern, uh, go ahead, send us that email and we can uh, take it up the following Tuesday on the air. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners like you. To hear today's show or previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org. Listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Ryder Taff and our guest, Selena Schwartzfeger, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering My Trustmark online and mobile banking services to help monitor spending, pay bills, deposit checks, transfer money, and more. Anytime, anywhere. More information at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.